Hello, and thank you for listening to the Enlightenment Project podcast. I'm your host, Roseanne Grace. I'm a metaphysical intuitive coach. I specialize in clearing dark attachments or entities, soul integration primarily by way of the inner child, and also quantum healing hypnosis work, which I've been sharing with my clients for years. I've known I was eventually going to be guided to share more publicly when the time was right, and it was also safe to do so. And these particular times that we're all in at home, that was the moment when I was guided to deliver this. And so first I'd like to share a little more about me and get that out of the way. I was brought up in a traditional Catholic family, which didn't really highlight spirituality. So me being able to do what I do and what I've uh, evolved into today is a pretty big departure from my upbringing. (laughs) I say my first awakening was back in the year 2000 when my father passed away. I credit his transition as the catalyst to get me to wake up. Through that grief and anxiety, I found transformational coaching. And it wasn't really spiritual in nature, but rather more about self-responsibility and ownership, which was all very new to me at that time. I viewed responsibility as um, being wrong or failing, and so it was, uh, it was a big paradigm shift back then. I eventually got married a few years later, buying into the belief that that would bring security. During that time, I was working as a successful high-end real estate agent in Orange County, California, driving my Bentley, allowing my ego to run the show. But my soul had other plans. And that's when I went through a big, scary divorce, a lot of dismantling. And that's why I called that part of my life my second awakening. And that was back in 2010. And the reason I call it my second awakening because there was a large part of me that I had to let go of. Obviously, to get onto this path, I couldn't continue to exist in that way anymore. And it eventually got so bad that parts of me believed it would be better if I wasn't here at all. It truly felt like a partial death, especially for my ego. I knew in that moment I would literally die or I would have to heal. And obviously I chose to heal. I'm here. And I made it my mission at that point to dive deep into my own healing and self-discovery. I began by becoming a holistic health practitioner. I worked with experts in the field of physical and nutritional health, mental and emotional health. I worked with shamans, healers, and various teachers from all over for years. Then between the years 2010-2011, I was introduced to float tanks, or floating, also known as sensory deprivation tanks. And that's when things really shifted. My first float was definitely a life changer. I remember seeing the float tank. It was um, actually in this like old hippie man's house. Again, being a decade ago, there wasn't a lot of options for floating, and we didn't want to drive to LA because driving back from LA, you're going to need another float after that. And so we found this place in San Diego. And before I go any further, I'll describe what floating is. It's if you haven't experienced it before. Um, back in the day, um, they were called 
like I mentioned, sensory deprivation tanks or isolation tanks, think tanks, and they are typically five by nine, roughly, kind of like a like a large tub, but they're covered or enclosed, and they're filled with a thousand pounds of high-grade mineral Epsom salt to create buoyancy on the body, and it's mixed with you know, 10 inches water or roughly 150 gallons of water, depending on the size of the tanks. So my first float, I found this man who was running them out of his house. I thought it was actually a spa though, because when I saw it online, it had a cute little website. And so I booked us a session down in San Diego and there was another one in San Diego, which was further. And so I started with this one. And um, when I got there, <laughs> it was raining. And my partner, Jeff and I uh, entered and he showed us his downstairs room, which he had converted into like a little healing center. And the spare bedroom was his float room. So it was already odd, and I knew nothing about it because there wasn't really much online. And we had just heard about it because of um, our friends who are also health practitioners had mentioned listening to Joe Rogan's podcast, and that's how they found out about floating. But they lived in the desert, and there was no float tanks out there back then. So we were already doing like six-pound Epsom salt baths just for recovery, for detoxifying and helping with the muscle recovery after workouts. So we thought, oh, this would be like the ep the ultimate Epsom salt bath. So we, we decided to try it out first. And when I saw the tank, it looked like a giant refrigerator. And I had anxiety right away. <laughs> so I let my partner go first. And then um, and when it was my turn, I'd already been relaxing in like the massage chair in the other room. And you shower first, you enter the tank, and it is called sensory deprivation because it takes out all the senses. So there's no light, no sound, no smell, and you have a zero gravity environment on the body. The water, the salt water, is also heated to about 93 and a half degrees, so that's the external temperature of the skin. So it's not too warm, not too cool, it's supposed to be seamless, so it takes out all the other external stimuli. So you can really get into that deep meditative state or a samadhi state, which is the original name of um, the first float tanks that were developed back in like the 60s or 70s, I believe. So, and you can research more of that. They're amazing if you haven't ever experienced it. I absolutely highly recommend it. So my first float, I get in there and immediately my bells and whistles are going off. My ego's freaking out. I'm having an anxiety attack. It feels stuffy because my partner had just floated in there and it's steamy and because you're taking out all the senses you're you're going to focus on whatever you can and that was the only thing I could focus on was the humidity in there so I could hear my ego squawking loudly and um, I almost got out and then that that all-knowing voice I call it my higher self or that soul voice she comes in and I typically hear that voice on the right hand side and she was pronounced and we all hear that voice but we usually ignore it at least I did for many many years and in that still space you can't hide from yourself or even that other aspects of yourself they're there and she came in loud and clear and she said look Roseanne it's not the tank it's you you're creating fear and anxiety and fear you're doing out there all day long how you do anything is how you do everything 
and I was like, damn, she got me. She schooled me right there. And she was right. I had grown up in fear and anxiety. And I lived with it. I remember they even tried to give me some pills when I was a kid, like try and help me with the with the anxieties and it just made me really dopey and sleepy and so that didn't last but a couple days. And so I lived with that anxiety as most people do. And this was the first time that I was able to actually relax and let go. And up until that point, my partner tried to get me into meditating. And as I mentioned, I'd work with different healers and practitioners and teachers and I just was not really comfortable in meditation. It usually usually creates some kind of distraction or just bail out completely. So being in that quiet, still space was completely foreign for all parts of me. But I also noticed it was the first time that I could achieve meditation without trying. And that was the key. I realized I had been trying to meditate. <laughs> you don't, you, that's not the way to go. So after hearing my soul's guidance or that, that my higher self's voice, I, I took some deep breaths and I relaxed and I can feel the anxiety train come in and I just heard breathe. So I took some more deep breaths and I felt this cool breeze come over me. And now this is an enclosed tank, so there's no vents per se. There's like maybe a little, you know, pipe hole in the back, but it's not blowing air on you. And it felt like a breeze. And I was, I started chuckling and I could hear my higher self say, you create the fear and the anxiety just like you create the heat. You can create the calm and the peace just like you created the breeze. And I let go and called in like some guides and guardians just for extra protection because I felt like I was in the center of this healing and I felt super tiny in this big vast void space and that brought me comfort and so I could relax further and once I passed that threshold and I had that breakthrough of, of surrender I really could feel the contour of my body and how supportive that salt water really was and at the time this is my first float. Nobody really instructed me on what I was doing, so I was just floating like I was laying down in bed. You know, my arms are by my side, legs are out, head's back, and I could feel that curve in my in my spine. And I was like, "Wow, this feels like a like a lounge chair." I felt so, totally supported, and just the thought of this feels like a lounge chair brought me to my father. Loved his favorite lounge chair and I could see him clearly. He showed up, he was right there, hanging out with me. I could tell you what he was wearing. I could feel his hand hold my hand. We were talking. I was telling him how much I missed him. He was saying, I love you and miss the family. And we were just enjoying that reunion. And what I found amazing too was I hadn't heard his voice, not a recording or not anything for, gosh, probably like, like 2000 so at least a decade 10 or 11 years by then and it was amazing you can always recall there's nothing ever lost it's always there in our cellular memory and so it was beautiful to have that that time with him and, and uh, to see him and hear him so clearly and so when I got out of that tank I was high as a kite I came out I was like there's some kind of portal I've got to do this again 
what is this? And we drove back to Orange County. It was like about an hour away. I bar I don't really honestly remember getting home. It was, I was so high. And you're also getting a thousand pounds of Epsom salt, magnesium in your system, which is already a muscle relaxer anyway. So anytime you can experience that, you don't have to be enclosed. You can leave the, op the door open if you want to, but your body will thank you for it. And I had never experienced that level of peace or relaxation or happiness. And I was, what, 36 years old at that time? Since I was a small, small, small child, I honestly only knew anxiety. I even cracked a wisdom tooth from the inside out from clenching so hard as an adult. I used to wake up with nail marks in the palms of my hands from fighting or battling my own self, most likely in my dream state, while I, and I'd wake up from sleeping and I feel like somebody punched me. And so to have this sense of peace and bliss and non-reactionary presence after an hour in this tank and it lasted for a week that's what was so surprising is that I felt like this for five days and around day five I noticed oh I could feel my anxiety is coming back I could feel that that um, that old uh, stress wanting to creep back in my ego wanting to chirp up again and so I said I gotta float again and so I went down to um, another, the other float center in, in further down in San Diego. And it was a little more medicinal looking. wasn't super inviting, but the tanks were nice and the rooms were nice. And on the second float, I wanted to connect with my dad again. So I was trying to see him and I didn't see him, but I could hear his voice. And out of nowhere... I asked, just in my own in my own head, I could hear my voice say, Dad, am I going to open a float center? And this animated version of me, I could see her pop out of the right, jumps out and says, heck yeah, and he's like, you already know the answer, and he left. And so I kind of say, like, he introduced me to my own soul, because I'm not even sure what aspect that was, if it was my inner child, my higher self, but they were all on board, and when you get that kind of clarity and that kind of confirmation as much as my ego wanted to justify all the reasons why not to do it I did it in 2012 we opened the float lounge in Laguna Beach and so that's was the real shift in my healing despite all of the beautiful people I had worked with over the years it wasn't until I could be still with myself we truly are the ultimate teachers and so please, again, use your discernment. I, I love my clients that are guided to me and come to me, but I teach them to be their own, their own masters. You don't need to go to somebody forever if you're doing the work on the inside. So the float lounge began in 2012, and it was amazing. I had no idea there was going to be so many like-minded people I honestly thought there was going to be more people in our community and we were finding people coming from all over because there wasn't any float centers back there 
back then in 2012, not in um, that area. There's only one in LA, one in, uh, one in San Diego, and nothing in between. And that was us. And so we were getting people from Riverside to Vegas to um, inland, the surrounding coastal communities. And we knew if we enjoyed this so much, others would enjoy it too. And we were right. We had waiting lists and we got to meet so many cool individuals and soul families. Because I felt alone growing up for a lot of my life. And I didn't really have those soul connections until much later in my adult life. And really, it was by doing my own work and my own healing and self-discovery that opened the door to allow this business to allow other like-minded groups and individuals to to reconnect really because it's kind of like a reunion like I recognize you I know you and so that is definitely still a part of my life to this day so we'll see how that all transpires <laughs> with the upcoming months because I, um, I feel like this is also a really big, huge transition for all of us. And I'll talk more about that in the upcoming episodes right now. Just continue on with um, my awakening journey and what brought me to this point. And so, as I mentioned, in the float tanks, that's when I really started being able to tap into my intuition. And we all are intuitive. We have all these innate gifts, but we're not taught any of this. We're not taught how psychic we are, or how clairvoyant we are, or how um, em empathic we are. I mean, I was definitely an empath as a child, but they didn't have those descriptors back then. They just wanted to put me on some medication. And my family didn't know any better. They just said, "How? Sh why is she crying? <laughs> why is she upset? I mean, I'd cry at like old people. I'd cry if I saw a pigeon with a crooked foot. Like, it, I was super super sensitive child and so not knowing that that was really kind of a precursor to my gifts I shut them down and uh, again not knowing any of this not realizing any of this growing up I shut it down around eight years old so I could I could belong and be a part of that family because nobody wants you telling them you see things if that challenges their belief system and I'm sure many of you listening to this can relate and understand what I'm talking about so we we conform ourselves and we make ourselves fit in, in in any way that we can and that was necessary that was necessary in order to survive in order to belong you're not going to make it out on the street I tell my clients at you know five six seven eight years old and get a job in an apartment so you better you know make it work to be a part of that tribe in some way so I bow to all of you for surviving and being here now and we'll also get into that inner child work and again why that was also necessary and also perfect and part of our individual and collective divine plan but for now I'll return back to that time period around 2011 
and actually right before I opened the float lounge with my partner Jeff, I was served a $6.7 million lawsuit that I was unknowingly uh, a part of because my ex-husband had signed my name to personal guarantees while we were married. So I had already walked away from the divorce. I got my clothes, I sold my car, and I styled my business. I was like, whatever, I'm, you know, I'll make it. And now having this show up at my door, the first thing I swear to you that I did was after getting served, I looked up and I asked, what didn't I complete? I thought I was done with this lesson. And what I got was, yes, you were done with that lesson. Here's the next one. So I had to face what true safety and security was for me. And this one scared me at a different level, I guess, or challenged me at a different level. Because now everything that I had worked for personally was up for grabs. It wasn't, you know, oh, this was my ex-husband and my house. I mean, he took all the house and all that stuff. But it was mine. And my ego was clearly very attached to its things, its identity, its bank account, my business. I had I was already starting my new holistic business, the float lounge, and everything was up for grabs. And it shook me to the core. And even though I had been doing this work already for a couple years, I knew better. I knew this was an illusion. I knew this was just a big game, and yet I couldn't bypass it. I had to go through it. And just like I share with my clients, you have to feel it to heal it. There's no spiritual bypassing. If the lesson comes, it's coming for a reason, and it has to be integrated. And the way we integrate is through our vessels, through our bodies, our physical body, our emotional body, energy bodies, all of it. That's how we transmute, literally. That's how we transmute a, a limiting belief. That's how we transmute a, um, an old program, all of it. So I was no exception, and here it was. And I remember talking to my attorney, and he was playing his role perfectly, completely like fear-mongering and scared the shit out of me and um, was saying, you're going to be looking over your shoulder for the rest of your life. Can you just give them, you know, half a million dollars? I'm like, half a million dollars? I might as well be six and a half million dollars because I don't have any of that. And um, he's like, you're going to have to file bankruptcy. You're going to have to do all this. I was like, you got to be kidding me. Like, I didn't do anything wrong. I'm like, so what you're telling me is I'm getting screwed for being screwed. Like, I was deceived in my marriage to some, you know, because that's when these documents, I guess, got signed. And my divorce did not protect me from this because this was personal guarantee. And so I guess the, at the attorneys trying to find this money that my ex-husband had um, stole or misappropriated or whatever through his business, they thought I might be hiding money for him. I'm like, look. Again, go back to how you do anything, how you do everything. I'm like, if he screwed you over, he, he screwed me over. And I clearly experienced that. So I sat there with it and I was like, okay, I can't get around it. I have to go through this. 
So one afternoon after talking to my attorney, he's like, we're going to have to go to court. You know, this could take a year. I'm like, oh, heck no. Heck no, I'm not going to be going through this for another year. It was already exhausting my life force energy <laughs> and stressing me way out. So I sat there with it and I talked to my ego. I was like, all right, ego. I know this is uncomfortable and this is scary, but we got to go there. So what is it? What's the worst case scenario? What's the worst thing that could happen? And I hear that scared, terrified voice. And she's like, they take everything. They take everything I've worked for, my identity, my money, my business, blah, 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 blah. It was just all fear, right? And I let her, I let her get it all out. And then I heard that voice on the right. But this time it wasn't my soul voice. It wasn't my higher self voice. It was this little girl voice. And she said, they can't take me. And that was it. I was like, bingo. She's right. And that was the first time I was introduced to my inner child. But I had to get to that base point of surrender. And because I didn't know how to do that proactively, which I guide my clients through now much easier and much more gracefully, I had to go the rough route. I had to know the, the more challenging way to, to navigate that because I didn't know any other way and that was also by design. So I could teach an easier way. And when I heard that voice, my whole body went calm and peaceful and I could breathe and it was done. And I physically felt it transmute. It, I was done with it. I was complete with that lesson. So I pulled my laptop out and I composed an email to my attorney at the time. And I said, thank you for participating with this lesson for me. Whatever you and the other attorneys have to do, by all means continue but my soul is complete with this lesson. And I was, I felt at peace. I didn't think about the lawsuits a second after that. I closed my laptop and went up about my day. And I believe it was around two weeks after that. I didn't hear from him, nothing, but I wasn't concerned, I didn't care. Like I said, I didn't think about it, I was done. Two weeks later, I get an email from him and he says, congratulations, great news. They dismissed everything. And I, I typed back, I know, because it was my lesson and I knew I was complete. And, uh, and he ended up actually referring me to another attorney who was selling her house in Newport Beach. So it very well made up for my attorney costs. And it was, um, it was nice to receive karma on the other side of that good karma. <laughs> it goes both ways. And so um, continuing on with my healing journey and going deeper into transmuting anything, because I realized at that point, you know, those two big pivotal life-changing experiences for me, they were all guiding me deeper and deeper. I even remember when I was going through my divorce and driving between one attorney's office and the other, oh, my business partner at the time uh, during my divorce, I was also in arbitration with him because he wanted all of the business and he didn't want to share commissions with me. So I'm literally in one day going from attorney's office to real estate attorney's office, so divorce to real estate attorney. 
and I'm on the toll road and I'm crying and I'm asking source, universe, God, goddess, whatever you want to call it, why, why me? I'm not a bad person. Like, why am I going through this? And I heard that voice. And again, like I said, I dismissed this voice plenty of times, but I remember hearing it. And it said, so when it's other people's turn, you'll have the compassion and the understanding, but above all else, you'll have the experience because you can't teach what you don't know. Beautiful and powerful, but at that time did not give me any comfort because I had no idea what was coming or what I would be doing. This was back in, you know, 2010 so and they were right once I opened the float lounge and I started coaching professionally it was very obvious how true that statement was I've met so many versions of me <laughs> that have been interrupted and their stories of interruption could be cancer could be you know loss of job or loss of a loved one or big scary divorce like mine could be health issues it could be whatever the interruption is the interruption and you co-created or wrote that into your script I say because you knew at some point you'd have to get on your path or be directed and so it's kind of like a self uh, fail safe I say well I got so far off my path I they needed to execute the interruption like cue that blow it up because she's got work to do and she's completely forgot her mission which is hard because we all come in with amnesia we don't recall why our souls chose to incarnate here and so that was also a big pursuit of my healing once I got through the deeper heavier shadow clearing and you know getting rid of the victim stories and all of that stuff that I was purging and, and clearing back then then it started opening up more of my consciousness to ask those questions like why am I here and I even remember being around eight years old around that time when I, I kind of shut her down um, standing in my room and having that thought like well why am why my girl and nothing against being in a girl's body I was just curious like why am I not Asian why am I in this part of the country and not some other part of the country why was I born into this family like it was my first real experience of, of my awareness of my own consciousness and again at eight years old I'm not even familiar with that word probably <laughs> nor any meaning behind it and yet I had it and I didn't really talk to I never I don't think I had mentioned that or spoke about it or brought it up to anybody until I was an adult and I honestly thought that was like a, a normal question that children ask themselves and I remember asking my partner if he ever thought that that same question he's like no never so just give you a little background as into why um, I do what I do because I wanted answers and that's how I got into um, intuitive work and I do neuromuscular testing so I was already connecting with source and people to this day will ask me like what do your guides say? I'm like, I don't have, I don't, I'm, I'm, we all have guides. We all have, you know, whatever you want to call it. You have your team, many, many, many guides. And I've met them and I've seen them and yet everything is connected. So I don't see necessarily a separation. I go to source. So I just call it source. 
you can call it mind of absolute creator energy that goddess whatever i have a client he even called it ben one time because he thought it was his guide and he didn't know and when we hypnotized him and he and i brought source in to speak through him and asked who or what is ben and source said that's us you can call us whatever you want it's not a it's not a person so it doesn't really matter it's all energy so that brings me to um, discovering Dolores Cannon I was at the float lounge one day and somebody had posted something on social media about a quote and I believe it was something about volunteering to come to the earth and I just caught her name and I was busy with clients so I just made mental note to look her up when I got home that night and it was in the back of my head all day so I got home and searched Dolores Cannon and if you know anything about Dolores Cannon she it was an amazing author and hypnotherapist and was given this information by connecting directly to what she called subconscious I call source consciousness but again it's all the same she didn't know what to call it back then I mean this was you know 50 some years ago and when I was reading her bio I was just getting more and more excited I was like oh my gosh this is what I've been looking for this is I've got to work with this woman this is what I this is what I'm being called to because like I said I'd already been working for years with clients and getting into those root causes talking to the inner child neuromuscular testing intuitive coaching talking to their higher self but this was like the behind the scenes stuff like I wanted the story behind the story I could already hear underneath the 3d story and get to the subconscious story like I wanted the source conscious story right so I get to the bottom of her bio and it says she just transitioned and I started crying and I also say your body can't lie, which is why I love muscle testing, because you cannot fake emotion. I mean, you could try, but it still has to be stemmed from somewhere. So I, I'm noticing myself crying. I'm like, why am I upset? And I literally was like, you took her from me. Like, this was my answer. I was supposed to work with her. And I was like, all right, pull it together. And I said to my partner, I'm like, okay, if I can't work with her in the physical, I'm going to work with her in any way, any way that I can. I ordered all her books I think she wrote like 20 some books and like a couple days later I got this huge box from Amazon and I just went into research reading mode and and consuming everything I could because so much was resonating about alternate lives and um, off-planet lives she worked for MUFON which is um, the UFO investigative community and she'd re she would regress clients that said that they had UFO experiences or alien experiences and so she was also she was very much a researcher and called herself an investigator and, and so that definitely resonated with me and and I would absolutely will be sharing more about these kinds of sessions regression sessions progression sessions I've taken people into future self and I didn't realize that I was going to become a practitioner at that point. I was looking for my own answers. I wanted to know why I was here. 
what star system am I from? I wanted to, you know, the behind the scenes answers that nobody on this planet had for me. And even when I went through my awakening, I sought out, like I said, many different teachers and authors and um, healers. And I remember contacting this one big spiritual teacher back then and and he was an author and we had an online session and I ended up coaching him and I was like nobody here knows what knows more than than I already know like I need to go beyond here who can I work with and um, and so I ended up working with people that actually weren't here anymore and a lot of my teachings came from uh, other dimensions or the etheric realm or in my sleep state visions dreams meditations downloads and obviously through my hypnosis sessions and so I've sought out a local practitioner and I, I didn't know anything really about researching these um, these hypnotherapists and so I just found one close to me and I thought that'd be good and I was all excited came with my questions and she was poo-pooing Dolores's work like right off the bat I'm like what I was so offended I'm like this super fan of Dolores Cannon and and this is a practitioner of hers like what is she talking about and we got started and she was rustling papers and just wasn't very professional I guess in my experience and her questioning was really was really bad like you bring questions to your practitioner or your practitioner helps um, navigate questions with you to ask while you're in trance and I had all my questions and yet as Dolores put put it she was an investigator so even if you have questions if there's something some nuance or some detail she's going to dig for it and that was her job and that as a practitioner that's my job I don't just because I'm talking to source I don't let source off the hook like oh that you know we'll just give them a one-word answer I'm like can you please elaborate on that <laughs> their human part might under their human part might not understand that at a, at a soul that at a level that their soul understands it so can you relate that to their human aspects in a re, you know in this way to makes it more tangible and and understandable so that particular instance came up for me while I was a client at my first regression and of course my number one question what's my purpose why why did I choose to incarnate here and I'm under trance but I'm still somewhat aware my consciousness is still here and yet I can feel and hear source speaking through me and source said oh she knows why and the practitioner goes on to the next question I'm like are you kidding me I'm still I'm still somewhat aware but I'm in trance so I can't say anything but I'm aware that she's not diving nearly as deep enough and so I left kind of upset and not upset but disappointed I'll say and um, and I s ended up finding another practitioner getting a referral to another quantum healing hypnosis practitioner up in LA who came highly regarded and he was lovely and um, had a beautiful session and both sessions actually were fine because I realized even during the first one, I already knew how to hypnotize myself. I'd been doing it in the float tank for like three years. <laughs> Didn't realize that's what I was doing, but I was getting, I was accessing and opening all of that up. And um, 
my third eye was already open and it was uh, it was really easy for me to get into that theta state and what I also noticed was um, in the float tank because you're so unencumbered and I was in that zero gravity environment if I would ask a question I usually would hear it I would hear a response or a yes or no and yet when I put myself in hypnosis when I was floating it's almost like a guided meditation just say and I would ask a question of somebody in that vision like I met a guide in one of my self-guided meditations slash hypnosis and I asked a question and I got no and my head swung back and forth left to right no and so when I was in the hypnosis and she was asking me the practitioner was asking me questions and I'd get a response through my physical body before I could even answer so I'd get a yes my head would pop back up and down yes I get a no my head would swing left and right and so all of these things have re were really preparing me for um, for this work so I could fully embody um, my divine knowingness and again back then I had no idea what was going on but it felt good and it was nice to have confirmation not just hearing it but actually again like I share with my clients you'll receive information in the best way that your higher self knows you receive information so if you're visual you're gonna see something if you're more kinesthetic you're gonna feel something if you're more auditory clairvoyant you know clear audience you're gonna hear something so it's it's all perfectly orchestrated just for you so I go to the second practitioner and um, again I, I was able to go into that state pretty pretty easily and he was definitely a better facilitator and investigative question and I enjoyed that experience and yet I still wanted more and I remember inviting him down to do a group hypnosis for some friends and clients of mine at my house and it's not as it can be a deep experience but it's typically be with a group it's not as deep because you're not answering back but but there was you know I don't know maybe 10 or 12 of us there and we're all laying down yoga mats and blankets and everything and he starts and right before he starts I hear on my right side again my my source side or my higher self side or soul side or inner child side they're they're usually all on the right side I say that's your right brain is your creative side and your creator side and so you're gonna that's like the side that receives the love and the light so you want to trust you want to build that relationship and start trusting that side the left side is going to be more of fear anxiety logic reason analytics that's more the, where the ego resides so just knowing those two components can be talking simultaneously and presence yourself to tune into um, the right side because obviously that's your higher consciousness versus your lower consciousness so we're all comfortable getting ready to go into this group hypno session 
and on the right side I hear this voice Ruzang you know you should be doing this right and I was like I opened my eyes because it was so loud and so clear that I actually thought somebody was in the lane next to me but it was just a plant and on my left and my partner's laying on my left and he l leans over and he's like babe you know you should be doing this right I'm like oh my gosh I just heard that I said thank you for the confirmation they like to speak through him sometimes and others and so the next day again like I said earlier when it comes in that clearly you have to trust it that is it's it's the divine speaking to you and the next day I signed up and did my first course and became a practitioner of Dolores Cannon's quantum healing hypnosis technique and because I already had regular clients from the float lounge and coaching clients part of my advanced training was after the first uh, certification the advanced training required X amount of clients that you regress as practice sessions before you could move on to the advanced training and I got online because I was so so gung-ho about it at that point that I noticed the following year was going to be the next advanced training and I didn't want to wait a year the next one was going to be in 10 days so I was like, all right. So I talked to Dolores, my higher self. I'm like, look, if you want me to do this, then bring it, bring it to me. <laughs> bring me the people, make it happen. And I did sessions every single day. I think I even doubled up on one day to meet my requirement before I got on the plane. Uh, and the advanced training was in Kauai. And when I got there, I literally came around the corner like I was going to see Dolores and I saw this beautiful like purple shimmery energy next to her daughter and I was like that's Dolores she's here but her daughter when we were all introducing ourselves and and she she and I were talking she's like nobody's ever done back-to-back -back trainings before and I realized that most people didn't have my background most people were coming in from being a nurse or a teacher or um, you know stay-at-home parent or something and they were getting into this work and so some of them had been practitioners for years and hadn't done as many sessions as I did in 10 days which I found interesting because they didn't have a lot of that community and that's why community is so important you know I was blessed to have those individuals that were trusting and willing not even really knowing what I was going to do, but they trusted me and their experience of me, I should say, and allowed me to to hold that space for their for their hypnosis session. And those first sessions were incredible. It was like textbook, like things that Dolores wrote in her books. Again, if you've read any of them, I was getting firsthand, and I was just overjoyed some of them I was even crying and I record my sessions for my clients and I was like pull it together Roseanne you can't cry you're the practitioner <laughs> but I was so so moved and so in awe that I was able to access these 
deep levels of higher consciousness directly with my client in this way and it was it was beautiful it was amazing I'm still I'm still blown away by the sessions that I hold all these years later and they're always amazing and we would again definitely get into that those sessions because there's some newer stuff I want to share with everybody and um, like I said a lot of this stuff is by divine timing and when I gave myself over to the divine I literally did and it's not my ego making a choice it's the divine says do this I do it so everything that I'm be sharing for as long as I'm guided to share on these podcasts was actually supposed to be a book and they gave me the title everything I'm going to be sharing was partially already written in this book and then we all got the stay-at-home orders and they said that book is on a different timeline you're on a new timeline now and we need you to get this information out so I'm going to wrap it up here and we'll work on getting more content out to all of you and if any of you would like to book a session or connect please go to my website at roseannegrace.com. I'm also on social media. You can find me on Instagram and Facebook at roseanne.grace. And I appreciate you very much for tuning in and listening. Thank you for sharing if you feel guided. I look forward to connecting with you again on the next episode of the Enlightenment Project podcast.